0: I'm Deirdre Valdon, and this is Confronting Coronavirus, a daily podcast on the COVID-19 outbreak. India is over a week into lockdown, and while businesses are shut and people are staying at home, millions of migrant workers are walking from the cities to their home villages. Testing and treatment for the virus are inadequate, and many already struggling with poverty face unimaginable challenges if the disease becomes more widespread. Raoul Bedi writes for the Irish Times from New Delhi. So what measures were in place before this, Raoul? There were no real measures as such. Uh, There there were warnings from the government about social
1: distancing, about uh, staying at home. But uh, the clampdown really came uh, eight days ago and is going to remain in force uh, till the 14th or 15th of April. And it's been pretty strict and some states, in fact, have imposed a curfew where all movement is uh, suspended. But that, again, created uh, a problem for millions and millions of migrant workers because they had really nowhere to go. So they started walking homes, in some cases, for several hundred kilometers because they feel that if they can get back to their villages from where they come from originally, they can at least get food and shelter. So their instinct, homing instinct, is to head back home Um, Because there's been no trains and because there are no buses, no transportation at all, uh, some of these people have been walking for hundreds of kilometers. Um, The police can't really stop them because the the volume is so huge. I mean, we we are talking about millions of people on the roads. So that created a problem of its own. But that also seems to have been sort of contained because they have now been put into sort of uh, areas in quarantined areas and are being fed.
0: So in a relatively sparsely populated country like Ireland, it has been quite difficult to impose more stringent restrictions. But India, of course, is home to over 1.3 billion people. So just how difficult is it to do things like observe social distancing? Oh, it's it's very
1: difficult. And also we don't really have um, have many resources. But despite all the shortcomings and the handicaps, people have really responded quite well across the country. By and large, I would say the, the lockdown has been reasonably successful, primarily because I think uh, the, the local population is really terrified by what's happened. But again, there is a logistical problem because uh, of the crowds and because of the poverty and because of the disorganisation, uh, people are cramped into, into very confined spaces. I mean, that's the way they live. Uh, there's, there's nothing that they can do about it. Uh, so that in itself poses a problem. Um, but one, uh, one very slim ray of hope is that a lot of these people that I'm talking about haven't really had exposure to anybody coming in from uh, abroad carrying this virus. So it could be that because of that, uh, the death toll is only about 38 uh, so far. Uh, even though the the timeline of the disease has broadly been the same as it has uh, in uh, in Europe and the US.
0: How have the police been handling the situation so far?
1: Well, the police are trying to handle it to the best of their ability. In fact, in some cases, the police have been quite brutal. They've taken to uh, beating up these people. They've taken to terrorising populations uh, into into remaining inside and into disciplining them. Uh, in some instances, but that uh, has, over the last, in fact, over the last three, four days, that's uh, that's gotten down a bit, and there haven't been many cases of, uh, of many instances of uh, police brutality. But initially, the police were very brutal, uh, which actually is, in India is par for the course because the police in this country has a tradition uh, inherited from colonial times of being very brutal with the local populations. There on social media is actually a wash with people saying that they are shocked at the way they, that India is treating its poor, and uh, it's dispossessed. But these are problems that uh, a country like India would face, and everybody is really keeping their fingers crossed that uh, this com- community uh, transmission doesn't take off. Because if it does, uh, then you know there's, it's it's anybody's guess as to what kind of disaster and what kind of fatalities. India would have.
0: So what would happen to you now if you were to go for a walk outside or try to go to the shops?
1: Well, actually, I personally, I've been going out because I have a press pass and uh, I go I go on my bicycle. The streets are completely deserted, which is amazing in a, in a country like India, which, as you say, has a population of 1.2, 1.3 billion people and the cities are just teeming with people. The shops selling essential items like food and bread and milk and eggs and that kind of thing, they're open, chemists are open, and that's about it. So I do get stopped at uh, at police checkpoints, uh, but I show them my press card and they let me through. But otherwise, friends of mine have been at home for the last eight or nine days. They haven't moved out of their homes. And uh, this has, uh, you know, ramifications, sociological ramifications of its own.
0: You mentioned the low rates of infection but how much testing do we know is taking place?
1: Testing has is, is very, very, very limited because there are not enough testing kits. And as far as any medical equipment and also protective equipment for doctors is also a very limited supply. The, the official figures are about, uh, I think, 1,597. It's just under 1,600. Uh, but the fatality rate is about 37 or 38. Uh, again, uh, I don't think the fatality rate is, uh, is inaccurate uh, because if people were dying in, in groves or even scores of or hundreds of people were dying, it would definitely emerge in this era of uh, social media and you know 24-hour television. So I think broadly these figures are accurate. Uh, but again, there's, uh, there are a lot of studies uh, which have been done by various people applying geometric models which seem to indicate that uh, a spike is uh, is imminent. Uh, how imminent, uh, whether it is actually going to happen or not, is, is very difficult to say.
0: You mentioned, Raul. the hospital system in India is not accessible to most people at the best of times. How has it prepared for potential surge in infections? It hasn't.
1: Uh, it hasn't. It's only in the last uh, week or 10 days that the uh, any kind of preparations have taken place the first case of coronavirus emerged in india on the 30th the 31st of january and people were uh, not really very uh, aware of the fact that this could happen and everybody thought that you know this would bypass india in late february or early march particularly that's when the government really uh, kicked in and started Uh, fast tracking the hospital but you know even the private and uh, government run hospital totally inadequate to handle these these problems so it's you know it's anybody's guess as to again where this um, where this is uh, going to end up
0: Over 20 billion uh, euros has been promised by the finance minister uh, to help the poor but how will this money reach people who for example don't have access to bank accounts
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's the problem uh, because the government has made all these uh, all these announcements, and uh, I think there's a financial apocalypse looming in the horizon. Uh, and a lot of these people, in fact, are without money. These people who are walking home, uh, they, some of them haven't eaten for two days or three days, and there's nowhere they can eat because all the eating places along the along the highways uh, are are closed. Their employers didn't pay them, and you know, closed their businesses overnight and sent them off and locked them out. Uh, the government's promises are um, more sort of chimerical uh, than uh, than reality. The government has said that it's not going to extend the the lockdown beyond the 15th of April. Again, that's that's being, I think, overly optimistic. And uh, let us assume that even if the uh, lockdown is lifted for a few days after the 15th of April, it's going to be a complete economic burnout because there's nothing that's functioning on the ground. Uh, Foodstuff is available. But again, the prices of foodstuff are uh, are, uh, soaring. Everything has become hugely, hugely expensive and scarce. So it's you know if um, if the disease doesn't get them, then uh, you know it's quite possible that poverty and and uh, the subsequent hunger will.
0: The full impact of this crisis Raoul, has yet to be felt. Uh, what long-term effects do you think it will have on the people of India?
1: Well I mean uh, assuming uh, the best course of action that uh, you know the the disease, the virus abates, You know, India goes back to being what it was. Uh, uh, It's going to be quite disastrous. I mean, there's a lot of people who are predicting social unrest, riots, anarchy, um, law and order problems, because the police is going to to be unable to deal with millions and millions of people who are going to be on the streets. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be unemployed. The scenario that's being painted uh, by various economists and various analysts is a very, very dismal one over the next, if and once this disease uh, abates.
0: How do you feel about what the country is going through at the moment? Do you have any sense of optimism at all?
1: Uh, i just use one word. I'm terrified and I'm, I'm scared. I don't feel optimistic at all. In fact, personally, I feel quite pessimistic. And uh, I think, uh, again, I'm a, I'm an Indian and I believe in karma. Uh, so if our karma is good, we'll make it. And so a lot of people are depending on karma. Of course, I, I forgot to mention that, you know, because uh, we are a sort of very traditional and quite a religious society, there's a lot of mumbo-jumbo also going around. There's a lot of uh, mumbo-jumbo cures that are going around. There's uh, there's a belief that if you drink, for Hindus particularly, who are the majority in this country, and they believe that it's a lot of, thousands and thousands of people believe that if you drink cow urine, uh, you know, the virus won't get you. In fact, there was a report in the papers today that the that the volume of cow urine, in fact, has has exponentially increased. The sales of uh, cow urine have exponentially increased uh, in in the market. So, you know, there's that, Problem also, but personally, I'm terrified, and uh, I'm leaving it to my gods to uh, <laughs> to uh, get us out of this uh, relatively unscathed. But uh, I am skeptical.
0: Thanks very much for talking to us, Raoul. My thanks to Suzanne Brennan and JJ Vernon who produced today's podcast, and thanks for listening. Stay up to date with the latest developments at IrishTimes.com. We'll be back tomorrow.